Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Wine A Little. I'm Abby. I'm Rosie. And today we have a fun-filled motherfucking subject <laughs> because every this pisses off probably everyone in the fucking world, especially women for some reason. <laughs> um, so we have a lot of say, to say and we're not alone today, so this is even better. So we don't have just our side of everything and our perspective. We have everyone else's perspective and we have a male perspective today. This is our first male guest in a very long time. So we, didn't ha- we haven't had one since, what episode was it really? Do you remember? Uh, Jay. Since Jay's episode, yeah, but I think that was what, in the first 10? That was before the revamp, so. Right, so, so was... revamp, yeah. So we did an episode on being basically black in a white world, um, and that one's awesome. I love this perspective on everything because, you know, he was one of the very few um, black men in a mostly predominantly white fraternity so that was, it was great to get his perspective so today we have a male's perspective on something else and we'll get to that later this is what the subject is but introduce yourself tell us about yourself what's going on <laughs> hi i'm ladarian i also go by dz um i'm a wine a little listener from texas and i've known Abby for a couple of years now and um she asked me to uh come along here and uh basically give my perspective on uh all things uh toxic masculinity um yeah <laughs> well that's <laughs> um yeah so what is it that you do for a living you don't have to get specific details but you know or what you do for a living. uh well uh as simply as I can put it I am a uh I'm a uh, operator type person for a uh, hospital chain, so I'm 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 the essential person that everyone speaks so uh, fondly of and then forgets about. Essential people. Yes. There's. So I, I talk for a living. <laughs> There's so many words I never want to hear again after like this whole fucking COVID shit is over, like college, COVID, Zoom, <laughs> professor. Oh, fuck a Zoom. Fuck a Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't even I'm not in school or anything I'm not using it frequently I use it for work meetings like once a week but it's just when you don't have a computer monitor that doesn't have a camera and you have to use your phone it's always like swiping this way swiping that way fuck zoom as we record on it <laughs> well now that I have a setup a better setup I'm expecting it to to not say that anymore but this is this is way more enjoyable. I really like this gallery view that I can do now that I'm I on just computer. love how she also has the wine bottle from today. <laughs> Since we're like, I'm looking at it anyway, so we might as well just move on to that. But our wine of the week, Rosie speak about it because I know she loved the bottle as soon as she saw it. I didn't tell so usually either Rosie sends me bottles or I send her bottles, but this week for the next couple of weeks we're good and we're set up for and we have the same exact bottles. I even fucking I wouldn't say finagled, but um I got a bigger bottle of one of the wines for cheaper because I thought I was getting the smaller size and they sent me the big size and I was like, lit. Yeah, that's not finagled. That's more like <laughs> not a happy fault. accident. Right. Um, <laughs> I asked for the smaller size. They got me the regular size. So I was like, fuck it. Not like I'm going to probably drink the whole thing because one is rosé and I'm not too fond of most rosés because they're so fucking dry. I'm going to end up blending that shit with something. Watch. But yeah, um, I was going to say something and I fucking diverged. I went that way. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> completely everything I was going to say to you. Oh yeah, so, oh, her setup. Her setup is awesome because we actually drove down to Manhattan to get Krispy Kremes. 
Yeah, I know. It was one of those days. Um, and I actually dropped by Rosie's house to give her the microphone. So now we're good. <laughs> all right. So yeah. So, all right. So our wine of the week, for those who are listening to us for the first time today, our wine of the week is basically the wine that we drink during the episode. Um, and you're showing it because why, Rosie? Because <laughs> I, I do that. I, I I have it in front of me. It's at the go, It's at the ready. The cork is out. Were you not making fun of me the other day because I was fucking showing the Jeunesse bottle and I, you're like no one could see it? <laughs> I'm just like whoa, <laughs> wow. Yes, and now I now I'm giving you something to make fun of me for. <laughs> I'm adding on to the list. All right, so our wow. wine is basically the wine that we drink um, during the episode or anything that we found that was really great and we spoke, speak about it on top, on top, inside of the, whatever, during the episode. Um, usually we try to buy the same one. Sometimes it doesn't happen. But right now, we've been lucky and we've gotten the same ones, which is fucking great. And of course, our wine of the week always features wines that, of course, we know we, other people would enjoy, especially since we know how everybody else's taste palettes are, especially our listeners. They seem to be on the sweeter side of things. Some of them like dry. So I'm trying to switch it up a little bit as much as we can. And um, they're cheap. That is like the number one thing. They're not expensive bottles and this is what we go for. So I guess I'm gonna let Rosie take over this part because the wine of the week is. The wine of the week, and I adore this bottle, is because it reminds me of a lot of bootleg to 1920s prohibition. I don't know, but it's called 19 Crimes. Um, it's a red wine. And then I'm just going to read the back because I haven't tried it yet. So it's oh, <laughs> oh. Southeastern Australia. Um, 19 Crimes turned convicts into colonists. Upon conviction, British rose guilty of at least one of the, I probably mispronounced that word, at least one of the 19 crimes were sentenced to live in Australia rather than deaths. Death. This punishment by transportation began in 1788, and many of the lawless died at sea. For the rough... <laughs> no, I can't see. It's actually scratched out a little bit. Really? Oh, my bottle's all the way in the fridge, and I'm really not getting up right now. It's, I'm going to skip <laughs> some words because it's a little scratched out. Uh, rough prisoners who made it to shore, a new world awaited. Pioneers in a frontier penal colony. Why can't I speak today? Because you said your throat was fucked up. Yeah, but that doesn't, that shouldn't change my words. <laughs> they forged a new country and new lives brick by brick. This wine celebrates the rules they broke and the culture they built. So you're telling me if they're getting sentenced to death, they got sent to Australia? Honestly, yeah. that is worse than death because have you seen the spiders in Australia? <laughs> you, know, you need to be proud of me because this would be the third time I've seen a spider since you did that episode since that episode and i didn't cry oh yeah because i i didn't edit that out by the way <laughs> i know i heard <laughs> i i heard <laughs> she felt it so what do you think rosie oh and also had 13.5 percent alcohol which is on the higher end for most wines most wines are kind of underneath that um so 13 is kind of great sometimes i find wine that's 24 percent, which is crazy for a wine but a 13 percent alcohol if you drink it straight will fuck you up so what do you think? I already started drinking it. I like it. I'm enjoying this more. Right? Like, it's not my favorite. I'll be honest, because it is more on the dry side than because mm -hmm. I super sweet. This is my thing. Um, but it's enjoyable enough that I can just like casually sip on it and not chug it like I normally do. 
which is the goal. <laughs> and we're also trying to widen our taste palettes when it comes to wine. Um, we're again, I think we said this a couple of episodes ago. Of the episodes ago, we are not wine experts. We don't know how to swiddle, swivel the wine and smile it and be like, "Oh, this has taste of blackberries." We don't do any of that. So <laughs> we go based on what we fucking like, and that's point blank period. Um, for me, it tastes good. Um, it, like you said, it's on the drier side, but it's dry sweet. It's not. It's not dry and bitter. It's like dry and sweet. So it is drier than usual, the usual ones that we drink, but I like it. I think it's something I would get again. And 19 Crimes has a bunch of different ones as well. Literally every bottle I sold, it was literally different bottles. I mean, different people on the bottle. And it was different flavors. It was Chardonnay's. There was um, um, Carbonate Sauvignon. I cannot fucking pronounce these fucking wines. So we're just going to leave that there. All right, cool. They had a Pinot Grigio too, but whatever. Um, I figure we'll get one wine, um, one red, and then we'll switch it up as much as we can. So we're set for the next three weeks, which is great. All right, moving on. Um, what the fuck is next, Rosie? <laughs> Chardonnay. Our Chardonnay. Our Chardonnay. Okay. So for those who are jo- just joining us for the first time or need a reminder on what the Chardonnay is, um, it's usually something from the news uh, going on in the world. can be stupid and funny and lighthearted or really unfortunately depressing um because that's the world that we're living yep Mm -hmm. and it's just when we have strong opinions on something or need a laugh and in today's topic it's of the chardonnay it's obviously not lighthearted. um i don't know why i have the need to say that but so uh if you are not in the mood for anything really depressing skip ahead skip ahead a little bit (laughs) <laughs> but so of course um we will have to uh our shout out name for today is about ahmed arbery's killing uh, is that how you pronounce his name i believe I so yeah, ahmed arbery's killing um in georgia a uh, 26 year old man a 26 year old black man jogging Something. all he was doing was living his life two guys come up kill him Modern day lynching. This happened in February, and I only found out about it within the last couple weeks because the video was publicized. And the video I didn't watch, but I hear it really does show everything. I had to to pause you for a second. I had to kind of like muster up the strength to kind of like go through the video. And even as I was watching the video, I kind of couldn't finish the video because I'm just like, you're fucking kidding me, right? So I kind of like skipped ahead and it went from like him jogging to him being on the floor and it broke my fucking heart because this is not the first time this has happened. As we know, there's many fucking names that are hashtags that shouldn't be at this point. Um, many young men, especially, who are dying for no fucking reason. And yes, I'm saying it just like that because there's, there's absolutely no fucking reason to do this and yet it's happening. And I honestly, as much as I don't want to recommend people to watch the video, I also people need people to watch the video because I need them to understand what the fuck is going on. A lot of people are avoiding like situations and they're saying like well i don't want to see this blah blah blah. but it's kind of like don't stay ignorant see what's going on in the world in order for you to move on and move forward and try to help us through this you know how many i know i'm in a group on facebook and how many people was like oh i'm not watching that no i need your white asses no offense rosie but i need your white asses to fucking watch this so you can see what your people are doing to the rest of us you know like it's not fair but continue uh, yeah, I couldn't bring myself to watch it. I knew it was gonna. I knew it was gonna happen, and I watched like 
few seconds, but I really couldn't watch the actual moment that someone died. Like that's for my own mental health. I just, I could not do that. Um, so imagine everybody else, Rosie, who's like, I know that's the thing I can see. I'm saying for my own mental health, but then it's like, this is something I, I, I don't have to live in fear of. So it's, it's like, I want to protect my mental health, but I know I shouldn't in this case because, or things like this, because you've got black people are experiencing this on a daily basis, on an hourly fucking basis. No one should be afraid for their lives to go jogging, to wear a fucking hoodie, to get to speed, get a speeding ticket. Like that, those are not death sentences, but for the black community, it is. I think what pisses me off more, and I'm pretty sure I could speak for almost everyone, is that what you said in the beginning. It happened in February, and they just got arrested. It is fucking May. You're telling me for two months straight, these men were living in their houses, chilling, acting like goddamn fool, chugging on their fucking tobacco, because I'm pretty sure these are some redneck-ass motherfuckers. That's one. Two. Look at their picture. The picture of them really just screams redneck. Um, yeah, so like it took two months, and I remember reading a tweet that somebody put on Instagram because you know people love fucking screenshotting tweets and putting it on Instagram, and it said it was like they didn't get arrested because they did the crime. They they, they didn't get arrested because they saw the video. They got arrested because we the people saw the video and demanded it. You know that what I mean? Correct. And it's just motherfucker. It's it's motherfucker. Yo, I get so fucking angry, and it's just like yo, even as a person of color and. Of course, and I always say all the time, like, I'm on the lighter side of things, you know? Like, I am a light-skinned Hispanic woman at the end of the day. I may not get that same treatment. Well, no, I'm not going to get the same treatment as, you know, my Afro-Latino sisters. Even though I I identify as Afro-Latino for many reasons, you know, family, culture-wise, and whatever. I just happen to be light-skinned. What can I do about that? And plus, I'm inside. I get no sun, guys. I'm fucking pale. Like, it's making me sad, but, uh, <laughs> like, you know, my darker, my darker sisters, like, they don't get, they're not going to get the same treatment, or anybody who's dark, um, dark sister's not going to get, I'm stuttering, they're not going to get the same treatment as I would, and I know that, and as a um, light-skinned person, I'm gonna do my best to bring to light to the situation what, you know, um, darker Latinos go through, or just dark, um, darker-skinned women go through in general, because it's, I'm not going to sit here and let people fuck with them just because the world is the way it is like it's it's just fucking bullshit and just seeing that it just made me cry because you know now a mother lost a son and i don't know if he had kids or anything i didn't get to read too much into him but if he does have kids you know his kids lost a father their kids lost a father um you know they lost a brother they lost you know another member and it's just it's just fucking so heartbreaking because it doesn't have to happen and yet it's happening anyway you know like, we're not in the Jim Crow era, even though it still fucking feels like it low-key. You know, we're not... We're not in the 1800s when, you know, slavery was such a popular thing as bad as that sounds. I mean, according to Kanye, it didn't exist, but whatever. Look um, <laughs> at Rosie's face. Because I, I, I still don't know how that didn't win in Cars Against Humanity when I put that, but... Are you still mad? <laughs> I'm still... Because it was good. It's like... Hashtag stop Kanye. Like, once he started wearing the Make America hat, Great Again hat, I was like, this, this man needs to be stopped. <laughs> <laughs> that should have won in Cards Against Humanity, but... I wasn't the... Who was the curator at that point? It was Crackhead. Oh, fuck. You know how she is. 
<laughs> so yeah, so interesting. And I could have opinions about this all day, every day. Like this is not the first fucking Chardonnay we did on something so similar. I forgot what the other one was. It's just there's. And I know that sounds bad to say. I don't want to say that I'm forgetting names, but you forget names after a while because there's so fucking many. Mm-hmm. You know, the ones that we only know the ones that have been highlighted in the media, you know, like Sandra Bland and Trayvon Martin and Eric Garner. Like we know those names because they were so. Um, it was put so much in the media, but we know there's hundreds more names, and it hurts because these are people who are so young. Like they had such a good, they had such a life to live ahead of them, and it was cut short. Why? Because of fucking hatred for what? For what? And I ask myself this question every day. What the fuck goes on through a racist mind? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. It, it won't make sense to you because people who are decent and just don't have these thought processes. You don't think to carry yourself like that. You don't think that you would do that to another person. However, these type of folks think differently. And this is the end result, unfortunately. I told. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I told myself that I wasn't going to watch that video. Mm -hmm. However, ultimately, I did because I mean, ultimately, I I just want to be informed. It's traumatic uh, to watch. However, I feel like I I need to know what happened there so I can be in the know because ultimately this is going to go to trial and things and and I need to be able to say I have the facts on what took place there with my own eyes because there's a video we know what happened these I I, I can't say that um, I, I didn't expect this to happen again because obviously we know that it will I'm I uh, newsflash I am black I grew up Yo, in the south. <laughs> I grew up in the south, and I, this unfortunately is commonplace. You know, it, it's something that uh, it, it's it's not new. It's just being put in folks' consciousness. You know, in front of their faces now. You know, it was it was a dirty secret for decades, but not so much anymore. These guys are going to go to trial, and ultimately, you know. It'll be up to us, not us in this chat, but us, you know, as American citizens to see that they get, you know, what's coming to them for, you know, depriving this man of his life. But I can't say that I have a whole lot of hope for that. But at the same time, eventually it's going to have to change. Myself, I just try to basically get myself out of any situation where I might possibly be looked at as uh, sticking out as sad as it is to say I I, I don't I I basically move around areas alone completely alone because I don't I don't want to have a whole lot of interaction with people I don't know for that reason because of where I live because of what I look like and I don't necessarily want to put myself in the situation where I could be questioned like this it's 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 a sad existence but it is what is and any person black or person of color could tell you that I mean it's it's not 
it's not news, but this is news and something needs to change. What do you think will be, it's a question for me, the biggest question is at what point is, how many people are gonna be, do you, how many people are, is this the modern day lynching is gonna take before something gets done? Because we're already one too many. One was oh, yeah. enough. So like, why, 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 why is it taking this long? So it's kind of like guns, kind of like, you know, I'm not going to go into the next example I was about to pull up. That's not relevant. Not, well, it is, but not incredibly, but it's um, like, why, my thing, it's just like. You're an angry white person, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, angry for, I'm angry for a lot of reasons. But, <laughs> But what kind of stupidity does it take to allow this to happen, like, every hour? Not even every day, like, every hour. And not, still not do anything about it. And I under, I actually, I can't answer that. It was more rhetorical. But, because um, it's a power thing. It's always going to be a power thing. It never was anything other than power. And people want to say it was fear, but it's really power. Definitely. I mean, it's a lot, and, um... I don't know. It's going to take a lot and for anything to get better. I don't even think that this generation, and I'm saying like us, ourselves, are ever going to see it yeah. um, happen. Maybe our kids' kids, um, maybe our grandchildren or their grandchildren may see this, maybe may see an improvement. But in the way the world is working right now and the way that things are moving, I don't know if we're ever going to have a resolution. The problem is that the people that are in power are the ones who are perpetuating these issues. They are making it worse in the sense that they're making it seem like it's okay like when this person got into office everyone showed their faces you know even people we probably didn't think were racist ended up being fucking hella racist and we're like oh so you were hiding this shit this whole fucking time you know what i mean so it's like it doesn't come as a surprise and you know i always say no offense to rosie because i always say that she's a person who happens to be white like she's just not a white person um and there is a jewish so that's <laughs> you know so um but I always tell the time that you happen to be a white woman. It's not really your fault. Like we we can't control where we're born at either. You know what I mean? Like we don't control where we come from. So it's kind of like, you know, even I so I say no offense to Rosie, but when I was on the um the group thing on Facebook and they were talking about it, out of thousands of group members, I swear just a small percentage of the white women who were in there had something to say about how wrong it was. But yet, when other shit is happening, they're so quick to vocalize. You know what I mean? And it made me realize that like, you guys are hella racist. And this is the reason, and that's the reason why I commented on that same page. This is the main reason people of color are afraid of white people, and y'all don't seem to see it. But yet, when we retaliate or we um, fight back, you find it to be an issue. And no one said nothing. Why? Because you know I'm right. You tell us that we shouldn't be afraid and that we're prejudiced and you're mad that we're calling you Karen and Becky and Susan. But, <laughs> but you know, you're not seeing the actual injustices that are happening to us. And you're, you're saying, talking about, oh, you shouldn't be afraid of us. But you're afraid of us, and we're not doing nothing but living our lives. You know what I mean? And granted, there's bad people in every type of race and ethnicity. Like, I've met Puerto Ricans and stuff that, who are racist as fuck, you know? Because we ha they have internalized, you know, racism in inside of them. They swear they're not black. And I'm just like, okay. That's great for you, but I know our history. You're just dumb and you're not listening, you know? Many Hispanics or many um, Latinos, especially in the Caribbean, they have this whitewash mentality where it's like, we're not black, we're this. And I'm like, okay, whatever you say. I mean, we do have white Hispanics, don't get me wrong, because there are a lot of white Puerto Ricans too. They're light-skinned with blue eyes and blonde hair. 
of course, colonization. What can the fuck you do? What can you do about this? But I hate when they find like I'm not white. I'm Puerto Rican. No, you're white though. You're you're still white because at the end of the day, your race is not your ethnicity, and you need to learn that. But like I said, there's bad people in every type of race. You're gonna meet crazy fucking people everywhere. You're gonna meet people that are fucked up. You're gonna meet murderers in every fucking ethnicity. You're gonna meet every type of person everywhere. But this whole basis of just being racist just to be racist because a person is black or the person's darker than you is absolute fucking bullshit because you don't even know the person and yet you're assuming so much. Oh, there was crimes in the neighborhood. Come to find out there was no crimes in that neighborhood. The dude was just jogging, having his two-mile jog because we're in fucking quarantine. Oh, granted, this was before quarantine, but still, you know. All right. Before we end up having this whole episode on racism... (laughs) Not to cut it off. But. I just gotta say though, the, I had such a visceral reaction when you brought up Karen because I'm like, because people really are are comparing, say, calling someone Karen to calling someone the N word or that derogatory term I was once called that you know. Right. And I'm like, does it start with a K? Yeah. This one, I wasn't sure how to spell it because I never used it, so I wouldn't know. Like. How is getting called an actual person's name offensive compared to calling so- someone the N-word? Because white people want to be oppressed so bad, Rosie. <laughs> they really do. They want to be oppressed so bad without knowing what oppression really comes with. You know what I mean? Because like, they just want their attention on them constantly, 100% of the time. It's always like, oh my God, you're not paying attention to me. It's like, shut the fuck up. It's not about you. You know, like... This is why when we create our own spaces, they get so mad. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, but you'll be mad if there was a, who the, I don't remember, this is so long ago. You know how BET is black entertainment television, right? Like, yeah. I bet everybody will get mad if there was a WET. I'm like, you hear yourself? You, you hear know, that's, that's, the, that's the feeling I, I have when I hear people have the Karen argument. Do you hear yourself right now? Do you, hear, do you really hear yourself? <laughs> what, what is it? It's like Karen, Becky, and what else? Susan. What was the Susan. And there's another one for the, the younger ones. I forgot. There's another one. There's Becky, Karen, Susan, and there's one before Becky. I just, <laughs> like, I understand that, like, get, not getting called by your actual name might be annoying, but it's not a derogatory thing. It's that you're acting like a straight-up cunt. And that's exactly what we mean. We don't, we're not calling you a cunt because white women get offended when you get called, called them Oh, cunt. I will happily call people cunts. I have done that on <laughs> I will gladly do, but I also have the safety barrier of being white where I can call another white person a cunt and nothing's going to happen to me. You know how many times I've been one, yo, I fucking had an argument with a white lady in CVS before this whole quarantine happened and I made her feel so stupid, but that's a story for another time. So moving on, because this is the type of subject that hurts so fucking deep and it's because I have so much empathy that I can feel for everyone else, even though it hasn't directly happened to me. I've had my instances where shit happened because of my mom, because she has an accent. So they automatically think she doesn't have, she doesn't know English, but she will fucking curse you out in English real fucking quick. She's not stupid. She understands. Um, my mom's a very smart woman, but you know, people assume. Anyway, this happened to me in the middle of fucking Minneapolis. We was having a connecting flight and they thought that we didn't know English. And I was just looking at her like, bitch, I'm talking to you in English. What the fuck do you mean? Like, but whatever. Um, moving on to our bougie booze. <laughs> Bougie Booze is the next segment of the day of our episodes. If you haven't been with us so far and you're just listening now, our Bougie Booze is our life hacks. Things that we've done ourselves personally that have worked for us, whether it's for your mental health, whether it's for um, just improving your life skills, just 
overall improvement, whether for our happiness and things like that. And, you know, we've had things from where to get Taco Tuesdays in New York that are amazing to um, how to uplift your mood during quarantine or just little tips and tricks like that that we know have worked for us and hope and we hope that it works for you. We don't have one today, but our guest does. So take it away. Hey, look at that. All right, here we are. Yeah, um, I would like to say more than anything, just trust your intuition. Uh, you feel things and, and don't ignore it because you, you're feeling it for a reason. Uh, you know, people say intuition is thought of as being your sixth sense. You know, your five senses, obviously, you know what they are. But your sixth sense is intuition. Uh, when things feel off or out of sorts or sometimes, you know, some, oftentimes they are. And, and you, sh you shouldn't ignore that. It's, it's, it's there for a reason. Um, whether it be, you know, you moving away from a shady person on the train or, you know, things not seeming quite right in your relationship or something along those lines. You know, intuition is your built-in guiding principle to ensure that you don't walk into a situation that could potentially hurt you, you know, whether it be mentally, physically, emotionally, or anything like that. If, if it's looking out for you in such a way, you know, for your entire life, why not trust it? You know, you just believe in yourself, trust in your instincts, and verify real world facts, and you can't go wrong. Okay, I think that is actually great advice. I'm completely. I didn't know what it was. I was waiting for her to come. I was. Her. I was because I was wondering how we didn't even think of that, and I have the. That's perfect. I just said that like Rosie, um, he just gave us a bougie booze that is so basic that we should have said from the very fucking beginning, and we never thought of it. Yeah, I know. It's it that that was. I even have a story that goes with it, but you know what? I'll save that for the end of the episode. Okay, of course. Because I have a great story about intuition. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't even know how to segue this in, but hey, I mean, it's true. Um, oftentimes, I think we ignore our intuition because we think it's, it's out of fear. Like, sometimes we're like, oh, I don't think I should do something because, like, this might happen, but in reality, it's because we're scared. Sometimes people um, confuse your fear with your intuition. Sometimes your intuition is telling you, maybe you shouldn't do this. But meanwhile, you're telling yourself, I'm just too scared to do Like I don't know how to explain it, but I hope somebody out there understands what I'm trying to say. Sometimes we're scared, so we think it's our intuition when it's not. So it's like we're so afraid of doing something. We're like, mm, I don't think I should. This is not going to work out. And then it's like, oh, shit. And then you do it. Either you do it or you don't, or you regret not doing it, or you do it and you're like, oh, shit, nothing happened. Then it's like, oh, it wasn't your intuition. But yes. whatever. You know how folks say, you know, feels over reels. Mm -hmm. I, I like to always say, you know, intuition is a feeling, mm -hmm. but at the same time, you're feeling it for a reason because it's based on something that is factual and that is going on. You wouldn't feel that way if, if it weren't something real going on. So I don't say jump in with both feet. You just verify that, may, okay, let's see if what I'm feeling, you know, has any teeth to it. And in the event that it does, and you know you did definitely felt the right thing and you know that was your yourself your body your mind protecting you from a bad situation so don't ignore it all right oh all right great so now we can jump into our episode <laughs> so as we've said before we want usually our chardonnays or bougie boos to kind of tie into the episode but forgive us it's quarantine uh the news cycle is very limited to certain things at the moment. Yeah. Uh, 
that's either people getting killed by COVID or killer bees or the, the snow that fucking happened. <laughs> we have another thing now. We have gypsy moths. Because the bugs from Asia are trying to fuck us up pretty much. <laughs> I did not know about that. I'll have to look that up. I just fucking oh, found this today from CNN. They just reported that not only that we don't have to, not only are we worried about these killer hornets, now there's something called gypsy moths. First of all, I'm mad because the little motherfuckers are cute. So it's me off that they're fucking cute and murderous. So the killer hornets can fuck you up and fucks up the bees and kills the bees on purpose. Now the gypsy moths kills plant life. Gosh. It's always the cute ones. It says it's an Asian European hybrid gypsy moths. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Yeah, I'll look it up later. Not yeah, so now we have another killer bug in the fucking states. They're in Washington State right now. Not D.C., but it's Washington State. So they're on the other side of the fucking country right now. The moths that's are, that's where the beads are. That's the point. They're going to fuck the, us wait, up. Wait, I'm saying the moths are there too? Yeah. They're in Washington State currently. Washington, the Australia of the United States. Right. <laughs> Remind me to tell you a funny story after this. <laughs> in relation to the events of the last 24 hours. Oh, boy. Anyway, so our topic for today is in connection with last week's episode. Uh, last week we talked about toxic femininity. So today, um, I know D, as Dee mentioned earlier, toxic masculinity. Yay! <laughs> the topic we've been tiptoeing around since we started the podcast. We wanted to do this episode re- literally from like episode uh, from this the beginning, topic, actually, from the beginning. We've been thinking about it, but we just could not find someone who didn't have toxic masculinity or didn't have it to the extent of which we didn't need. We don't want we didn't want someone to come on and tell us shit that is toxic. We wanted to learn, we wanted to help others not be fucking toxic. And we really couldn't find a person who was actually at least to the point in their lives where they're emotionally and mentally mature, you know, um they've gone through it, they know they've been there, but they're they're no longer there because they understand they've grown we don't know many people like this a lot of the men in our lives that a lot of the men we know are still growing which is unfortunate for us women and we really didn't want to talk to, about this by ourselves because one we don't have penises the last time we checked even though you know some women do. um we personally do not so we don't have that masculinity within us in many ways we don't know what it is to be like we don't know how it is to feel so, like, how me and Rosie talk in our femininity, like, our actual ladylike episode where we talked about what it is to be feminine, we don't know what it is to be masculine and how to be, feel, how it feels to be in the bubble of masculinity and what they put on mas- on men. Like, the whole nature of men don't cry. That's toxic. Um, boys don't wear pink. That's toxic, you know? Um, men aren't supposed to do house chores. Again, toxic so things of that nature but we wouldn't know how it feels to be in that bubble because again we're not masculine men or cisgendered men because it feels like it goes more towards cisgendered men than it does for everyone else because at least we could be open when it comes to the other communities but yeah so we need to bring on a dude (laughs) who could actually help us out here and actually talk about it and maybe hopefully teach other men who may be listening what it is like what it is and how to kind of combat those gender roles and the things that they put on you men growing up especially so let's start with the first thing what is toxic masculinity as usual we're gonna say what we think 
it is, and then find an actual definition for it because our definitions tend to never line up. Right. So toxic masculinity, I think it's a lot like toxic femininity. It's the, it's the roles and the, um, these common misconceptions that they put on men, that men have to be a certain way or they have to do things a certain way and they're not allowed to have any type of feminine like characteristics like men can't cry um men aren't allowed to be soft um men cannot hug each other men are not allowed to wear pink um men are not allowed to show emotions especially towards women men are supposed to be stronger in every aspect so that means that they can't even be little spoon i know that sounds stupid but i know many men who probably be like i'm not gonna be the little spoon um men who are thinking that um their woman pegging them is gay. The notion of this is gay is toxic, um, even though the only thing that makes you gay is if you love men. If you're a man who loves men, obviously, that makes you gay. Um, that makes you gay, and that's also toxic. Um, things of that nature, so that's what I think it is. Rosie. Um, sorry, my cat was meowing again, so I had to turn with, yeah. Okay. Which Jeffrey. we've actually dropped that part of her name now. She doesn't respond to it, but little. Oh, okay. Which is ironic, as you know. But um, so toxic masculinity—it's basically I agree with everything you've said. It's this idea that you have to be a man's man. You have to be tough. You have to be the lead, the 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 caretaker of the family in terms of like financial. Uh, it's implementing rolls up hold on can you sorry sorry for anyone who can hear my cats uh and my shushing working from home is not ideal but it's what we gotta do but yeah so being a man's man being the stereotypical guy um and by stereotypical guy i mean the one who when you can't open a jar you have to give it to the guy you can't um you have to be a stay-at-home work white. Uh, work white. <laughs> this working from home thing is really scrambling my brain. Stay-at-home wife. <laughs> be a, a housewife. Um, it's it's not only putting the the toxic traits and stereotypes onto men, but also stereotyping women into predominantly female responsibilities looking at women as just sex objects. Okay. So, so it's like, it's, yeah. Guest? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of toxic, like? What do I think? I, I, I think it's awful, to be honest. Uh, in, in a sense that, I mean, it's easy to just say it's awful because obviously it is. But I, I say it's awful because more than anything, I feel like society as a whole has just missed out on a lot of really great things because because we've all just agreed that you can't do that because you're a girl. You can't do that because you're a man and men don't do that. And we've, we've really just missed out on some great opportunities, some great advancements and things of that nature just because we're stuck in our ways. And ultimately, a lot of times that does boil down to toxic masculinity. And it's just being perpetuated since the beginning of the time. And the, granted, we're not going to get everybody off that train right off the bat. 
but slowly but surely, you know, it's one of those things, you know, they say, you know, you, you, you can, you can, you can teach one person and then one person teaches one person. And ultimately it'll just put us in a better place if we just slowly get there. I mean, it's not going to happen in one fell swoop, but man. I also think that the toxic masculinity, it also just comes from the patriarchy. That same system that puts men above women, it's the same system that actually brings men down. Um, yes. That's what I've been noticing a lot. Like a lot of these ideologies are coming from the patriarchy. It's not just, well, you know, I, I constantly say this a lot and I joke about it, but I'm also for real about it. Like men hate women. A lot of men just hate us. They hate who we are. They hate how we are. They hate when we, like they want to see a titty, but if we show a titty, then we're sluts. You know what I mean? Like the logic doesn't make sense. Um, like right now, a bunch of men, um, since we're talking about toxic masculinity anyway, a bunch of men are upset that women are building a bunch of only fan pages because, you know, we're in quarantine. We, women probably have more time to be more sexual and own their sexuality, I should say, because that's, that's what it is. You're owning your sexuality, right? Um, they're getting at women, talking about their sluts, their holes while they're doing this. But yet you're the same man who's watching Pornhub. You know? The reason why they're going to, going to OnlyFans is profitable for a reason. Right. <laughs> Someone someone is paying the money and they recognize this and here we are right but these are the same men who are complaining about the only fans are the same ones who are watching porn for free they're mad yeah. that women are actually taking agency over themselves they're saying all right well if you want to see a titty you're going to pay for this titty you know what i mean <laughs> or uh -huh. you want to see my pinky toe you're going to pay for this pinky toe because i don't know some men have a weird obsession with feet i guess i don't know that's not my thing yeah, it exists <laughs> little <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, Rosie, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I have so much to say, but it's like so much that I don't even know where to start. Or like, um, I know I hate this notion of- Oh, no, she's, she's messing up the outline. It's okay. Okay, um, I fix it. <laughs> the notion of like men can get many petties. And yeah, I love a clean man. I love when men are clean and able to clean themselves up and stuff like that. Or men aren't allowed to do face masks and stuff like that. Like, I feel like because of the patriarchy, they miss out on all this, like the fun things that we feel are so great for ourselves. They miss out on that. Like you can't have smelly candles or smelly lotions. And I don't mean smelly in a bad way, but like lotions and stuff that smell like flowers because it's like, that's gay. Or... Um, I'm not going to get a mani-pedi that's gay. Like, what's so gay about you taking care of yourself? Like, I read a post that this guy said that he doesn't clean his butthole because it's gay. Okay, that's just, that's so, that's, no. But I He's actually... far gone. Yeah, you were, that those are all toxic masculinity traits. Those are all toxic masculine traits. These are the things that other men perpetuate to other men so these men who are bringing up sons who are in their sons lives are also perpetuating these ideas like you are the man therefore the woman must listen to you or you are the man and you're not allowed to cry you are the man and you cannot hug another man you are a man you cannot do this you cannot wear pink you can't do your nails you know you can't play with dolls and there's nothing wrong if you have a little sister to play with the dolls and be like hey sis you know i can play house with you or like, you know, growing up, my brothers weren't like that. You know, they played with us. They braided our hair and stuff like that. Why? Because we were the little sisters. It was like, oh, it was natural. It was like, it's whatever. None of my brothers are gay. <laughs> like, nothing. That's why, that's why I say, you know, one person at a time. Because someone taught him that. And that's why he is the way that he is. And why he's confident in going in a public forum and saying, 
hey, I'm doing this disgusting thing Uh because someone taught me that I'm a man and that's what I'm supposed to do. And here we are, you know, all it took was for one person, one man, hopefully, you know, in a position of authority to tell him this isn't the way just because it's always been this way. It doesn't have to continue to be that way. But instead, here he is preaching that on the Internet, unfortunately. You know what's another thing that's completely toxic? This whole thing that men don't get raped. That's another one that I feel debilitates men 100%. Like, just think that people really sit there and think that an 11-year-old who was molested by an older woman, that they liked it and they were supposed to like it because, hello, you're a man and you're supposed to like that shit. And I'm like, yeah, but now this kid has issues and, you know, hates women because a woman took advantage of them when they were 11 years old. But here you are when you tell your boys, it's like, oh shit, you were 11, that's hot. Like, like, that's the shit. Like, she was 13, that's hot. Like, that's awesome. Like, you're the man. And it's like, um, no, no, he was great. That's not okay, you know? No. So there's no, just, no. I feel like all those ideologies, all those like things that people think, all those things that people say about men, it's just, it's straight up bullshit, honestly. Like, it's just, like it harms you more than it helps you and like you said like these are ideas that are put on from another man of authority you know but i'm gonna pause i'm gonna let y'all take over because i talk a lot (laughs) i actually have a very prime example from within the last week where i've um, perpetuated a toxic ideal and and i didn't realize it until you said something granted i never said it out loud but i was like in my head i thought something and I was like, that doesn't seem right for me to think. But I forgot that I did that until you brought something up. So I'll talk about that as we get later in the topic. But um, the real, so the, what I call the real definition of toxic masculinity, which I really should stop saying real because all definitions are in sense real. Um, more of the official uh, definition. Textbook definition. Mm-hmm. Yes. Toxic masculinity is thus defined by adherence to traditional male gender roles that consequently stigmatize and limit the emotions boys and men may comfortably express while uh, statuizing other emotions such as anger. Right. That makes sense, actually. Actually, it's kind of like textbook, kind of like overall. And it does make sense because men don't cry. You know, men are supposed to be strong. The only emotion that men are allowed to, um, to feel is anger. Like, I was watching this TikTok where this dude was going, um, was, like, imitating a breakup that he, uh, like, a person, a man would go through, and the minute he started crying, people would tell him, like, you should be a man, stop crying about it, it's not that serious, you'll get more bitches. And it's kind of like, men hurt too. Men are allowed to have feelings and be hurt at the end of the day. The problem is that because of this whole men ideology, they don't take long to process. They'll take a week, and then next thing you know, they're on to the next woman, because it's like, she's going to be able to push those feelings that I already had down and I'm going to be okay with it. And then eventually you think you forget, but honestly, I, I think the worst thing about men, and I always say this all the time, is that they never take time to process anything. They don't process, you know, a loss. They don't process death. They don't process a breakup. They don't process, um, you know, fighting with their parents or whatever. They don't process absolutely anything. So it's kind of like, it fucks you up because then it's like you need so much therapy, but then men think that they can't go to therapy. So it's kind of like it harms you more than it helps you. I want to say, speaking for adult men, I know you say that they don't uh, they don't take time to process. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like a lot of part, uh, a lot of times for uh, adult men who are, you know, in, in the workplace and things of that nature, they don't take time to process because they have to constantly, constantly continue, constantly move forward, constantly. They're told they have to constantly provide and pro- constantly do this, do that. And you never stop to take time for yourself because you're supposed to do this for everyone else or else you're inadequate or else you're not enough of a man because you took this time to, you know, deal with your feelings and now your light bills do or something along those lines. I mean, I know that's obviously a stretch, but a lot of them (laughs) like that. I mean, obviously it's like that, you know, people say, okay, well, when did you take time for yourself? Oh, I didn't. I'm sorry. I was trying to do this and that. And I'm like, you got to take time for yourself. And a lot of men don't, you know, they, they feel like, okay, well, if I just get to it next week, you know, uh, uh, that never works. And like you said, it, it just ends up getting pushed back and then you move forward and you're just putting that on to someone else. I feel like, this is the thing that differs between differs between men and women. Women can be multifaceted in a way. Like we could handle so much at the same time and still take time for ourselves. Like one thing I really do want to say in this moment is self-care and self-love is not exclusive to just women. And I need people to understand that. Self-care and self-love also has a lot to do with men and they need to start care- taking care of themselves in order to take care of anyone else. And I'm not saying that necessarily having that caretaker role is a bad thing because women do it. So it's okay as a man to be like, you know, I take care of the house and she takes care of me. I get that. Like that, even though that sounds like an old ideology, I still get it. It's like, you know, she loves me. She takes care of me. She does everything she has to do. So of course I'm going to take care of the household. I'm going to pay the bills and stuff. But if you're going through a loss or you're going through something, you have to still process. You can't just say, tell yourself, I can't process because then I have to pay my light bill because you're using that example. I'm going to keep on with the same example. You can do both. There was times I was going through stuff and I paid my bills and then went back to being fucking sad, to being being on my sad girl shit. Like, I feel like as women, we are taught to be multifaceted. It's like, yeah, you take care of business and you cry later or you deal with it later. For men, it's like you take care of business and like it stops. That's it. Take care of your business and it's over. That, that, end the conversation, period. Is your business taken care of? Okay, now move on. Forget about it. And then you can't forget about it. And this is something that I do speak about when it comes to certain situations, especially situations I've been through, I was like, you know, the people I've dealt with when it comes to men, they didn't process. So I felt like they just pushed me out the door and it was just like, peace out. And I'm going to fulfill that with another thing. And I'm good. And I'm thinking back now and it's like, it has a lot to do with um, mental and emotional um, evolvement, like um, maturity, because if you're not mature enough, you're going to start thinking, all right, I got to move on to the next thing to push this feeling down. And I've, and I've noticed that the most, more, and this is for women too, like the more you push your feelings down, the more you put on top and the worse it gets because you haven't processed what happened to you two years ago. And then three years later, you're sitting here like, fuck, I miss this person. Or fuck, I'm still sad. Or fuck, I wasn't completely over it and now I got to deal with it. But now this other person doesn't want to deal with it anymore because she processed and she moved on. And I feel like this happens to men a lot. They have good women. And I'm, not, I'm really not talking about myself right now. This happens to many other people. I've noticed it. Um, like, they have good women. They fuck up. They move on. They do whatever. And then years down the line, when she's happy and she's doing what she has to do for herself, they come out the blue like, hey, what's up? Now you care? Why? Because now you took the time to process. Now you feel like shit. 
now it's coming back to you and now you're sitting here years later trying to process something that should you should have processed when it happened to you and i feel like that's one of the things that really hinders men from growing because they're like i'm a man fuck it i can move on i can do whatever i want okay and then you're sitting there at 3 a.m crying to drake song it took way too long to circle back to themselves and their feelings and their traumas I mean, we women do it too. Don't get me wrong. We go through shit and sometimes we do push down and it's like, I don't want to think about this. And then next thing you know, you're sitting there in the fucking dark drinking wine. Like, I don't understand why my life is so fucked up and I keep choosing the wrong man. And Okay. I feel personally attacked right now. <laughs> sometimes wine is a good coping mechanism as long as you're not drinking more than a glass. Yo, nobody was talking about you. I don't know, but that was, that was pretty, pretty... Relevant. I was doing that like two weeks ago. Ask my cousin. She said she's going to fuck me up because I was sitting here in the dark, looking outside, drinking wine, and half crying because I was just upset. But at least I was processing my emotion, emotions the way I was doing. Anyway, before I keep talking, because this is not about me, this is not about us, Rosie, I want to know, I want to ask, how does it feel, like in general, just being a man and having to be put in this bubble of gender roles and being put in this bubble of thing? Have you ever thing, you know what I'm trying to say, but have you ever been, have you ever been told these unpractical notions either from, you know, the women in your life or from the men in your life, if they were there or whatever the case may be, like, have you ever been told this whole thing? Like you can't cry, you can't process, you can't do this. You have to be a man, you know, et cetera. Oh, absolutely. And from men and women, just because it, again, it's one of those things that's just been passed down that this is what is, and there's no deviation from that. So therefore that's what you're gonna be. Granted, you experience the same traumas, the same loss, the same you know turmoil as a woman would. However, you have to suppress that, move on, dry your face up and, and push on. It's not really the way, but yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's a thing through most men's life. I don't think that you probably won't meet a man who hasn't been told that at some point in his life. Whether he continues to perpetuate that is another story, but we've all we've all been there. But how does it feel? <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, in the moment, it, it feels pretty awful because I mean, you're you're feeling things. You're, you're, you're feeling what you're feeling for whatever's going on, but at the same time, you can't really have the appropriate outlet for that because they're telling you that that's off limits. So, yeah, you, you end up just pushing it down, pushing it down, pushing it down, but that's going to come out at some point and probably not in the most constructive way. Okay, Rosie, anything? <laughs> um, I... Um... My well, I have no more to add really to that section, but um should should we move on to the next? Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Um so one thing that um we made note to talk about is like how me and Abby as women have experienced uh with toxic masculinity. And um I just wanna see if like guys notice they do like other guys notice when they do this to women. Um, so one thing I've noticed is mainly in the nerd culture or gaming culture. Um, so there's always this assumption that women don't know nearly as much as men when it comes to nerdy or geeky things. And that pisses me off because there's some, you know, cause first off it goes into the whole thing about, you know, just because 
you might not know every little detail about a certain universe does not mean you're not a fan of it. Um, hold on. I'm only laughing because I've, like, I've seen memes about this and they always talk about some dumb shit. They'd be like, so what's the blood type of the captain of this baseball team from 1940? And it's just like, bitch, what? But oh, yeah. the dumbest questions. It's like, what does that have to do with the fucking, like, fandom? Like, you know, it, you make no sense with Earth. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, so not everyone's going to have the capacity to hold on to that much knowledge, like it's impossible. So to put people down for it, as is in fandom culture, is one thing. But uh, it's usually, once a woman tries to say something, and they might not know that much about something, but they're still a huge fan of it, flocks of men coming out of the woodwork saying, oh, you're not really a fan, oh, you don't do this, you don't do that, oh, and I was just like. Instantly brigaded. It's very traumatizing because I've had that happen to me on many occasions, and it is like it makes me feel bad about liking what I like. And well, not in, not anymore, but it used to make me feel bad about liking what I liked. And Rosie's missed fun fact. I actually was going to say a fun fact earlier involving old Hollywood toxic masculinity. So miss fun fact: when you get her drunk enough or tipsy, not drunk because when she's drunk she's just goofy, but when she's tipsy. This girl will be t- at the table talking about some, uh, some. We could be talking about, let's say, apples. This girl will be like, "Yo, so fun fact, grapes." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> so, I, didn't, I didn't even notice I did that until Abby pointed it out. I pointed it out, but it wasn't <laughs> that it was a bad thing necessarily. But it's just like she knows so much about older stuff. It's that it comes in random moments, and we just never know what's coming. So it's kind of like Rosie, what we weren't even talking about that. She goes, "Yeah, but I just saw something and it reminded me," and then she goes into it. So it is cute. It's adorable. I think it's adorable. It's just, I, she never knew she did it. And I was like, you know, your fun fact is to death when you're tipsy. Right? No I, love a good, I love a good fun fact. Like, that, that's awesome. Like, well, the, the, the thing is that I don't even know what I know until I'm tipsy. Like, I don't, if you ask me a fun fact right now, I, the only fun fact I can give you in terms of this is that um, in terms of toxic masculinity has to do with old Hollywood. Because I read up on it recently about, like, how men were never portrayed in films since the history of films started um, as having any kind of emotion. They were like the man's man. They were the, the, the stereotypical, I'm the man, I'm going to take care of you, I'm going to show, I'm not going to cry. And I think it was Gone with the Wind where that changed a little bit because Clark Gable's character of Rhett Butler did show much more emotion in a certain scene. Um, trying to remember which I, but that's what i read recently and i was like oh that's very relevant anyway and it's gonna come out randomly one day when we're all finally at a bar again and she's tipsy she makes fun facts on going with the wind right he's so mad okay. about shit and it changed hollywood forever watch you'll see mark my words <laughs> probably but um so yeah so with that's with nerd culture it's it's for some reason it's deemed as less of a girl's thing and more of a man's or for years it was late not recently but for years it's always been viewed more as a man's thing not as a girl's thing so when a girl tries to why i don't know why i'm changing you know i don't know why i'm changing it saying girls boys men women like i'm not consistent with that so don't take it with the i don't think it's necessarily a toxic masculinity thing no rosie i think in terms of that in particular it's more of a toxic thing in general it's like this thing of like women not being in a man's world and we're not allowed to do like manly things 
I think that's more of a gender role um, issue than it is a toxic masculinity issue. Because I feel like toxic masculinity just has to do a lot with men themselves and the shit that they deal with on a daily basis and not being called feminine in any sense of the word. They when men see gay people, gay men kissing on TV, it's like, ew, what the fuck they're doing? But they will enjoy a whole lesbian scene. I disagree because if you have that issue where you're putting it on other people, like it's, if you treat it as the stereotypical thing that is a man's thing and not a woman's thing, that right. it's a toxic mask that has to do with toxic. That's toxic. Just, but gaming culture, I've experienced much more toxic masculinity because gaming culture is much more aggressive. Video games are much more aggressive. That has to do people think that women are supposed to be soft and the minute we get aggressive exactly. it's like oh, she's such a bitch and it's like no fucker <laughs> exactly ass into fucking next week don't play with me i've had to i've actually stopped playing certain video games because of how toxic it was because of things that i was called because of things people made fun of me for when you're not good to start with you get made fun of for that but then when a man thinks that and starts attributing it to you being a fragile woman, it makes it so much, it's so bad. And even I had friends who would never include me in certain games just because I was a woman. It's not safe for you in here. Yeah, but when that's I'm exactly not- it. That was the mentality they had. And I'm like, and I, I, I actually see it from both of you guys' perspective, the gender roles and the, the toxic masculinity, because I feel like one feeds into the other. The toxic masculinity aspect of it is, you know, men are told, you know, in, in, in their youth from other authority figures that women are not, women are not best served at things that are so technical. Leave that to a man. Only a man can understand that. I'm speaking in this voice because it's bullshit. <laughs> but um, they're told that from their regular voice. Gary... <laughs> yes, my regular voice, my regular toxic slow voice. No, but they're they're told from their youth that you know this is this is something that's very technical and only a man can handle this, and they they carry that into things that typically it, it gets most uh, most uh, toxic and things that are mostly male predominantly you know carried out things like gaming, things like comics, things like sports, and then they just perpetuate that trope over and over and over. And any woman that decides to jump into that world is going to be subjected to that, unfortunately. It's BS because obviously from the beginning, that's not true. Women are just as technical as men when it comes to just about anything. And they keep carrying that on. But that ends up manifesting itself into the gender roles because on the flip side, you know, women are told you can't do that. That's that's not something that a woman can do. And you're basically persuaded not to jump into that world because it's just not what we do. So God forbid you you break that stereotype and and even try and then you end up like Rosie here being brigaded for basically just being new to the game and being a woman and that cardinal sin that came with that unfortunately i've not played fortnite since not once don't blame me another thing that i find that it's kind of fucked up that um i don't know if this is toxic masculinity and femininity at the same time but it's like men have a, a margin 
have room for error, right? Boys will be boys. It's constant. You know, they can make mistakes. It's okay. Um, you know, he fucked up. It's all right. Let him get up. He'll do it again. But for a woman, it's like, how can you not get that the first time? You can't do this? What? Like, what's wrong with you? And it's like, they, we, we're expected to be a certain type of woman the same way that men are, supposed, um, are expected to be a certain type of man. And that notion of boys will be boys is just straight bullshit. Because what are boys supposed to be? Are they not allowed to cry? Like, even when boys are li- a little boys are one years old, it's like, if they fall and they start crying, stop crying. It's not that serious. Get up. Even from one years old, you take that into your body and you use that for years and years. And it's like, I can't cry if I fall. Because, you know, mm-hmm. they're going to look at me funny or they're going to talk shit to me or, you know, I'm not allowed to cry or I'm not allowed to have feelings and stuff and like that. And I think it hinders men so much because by the time they're 40 and they actually have emotions and they want to speak to somebody about it, it's kind of like, I guess for them, they feel like it's maybe too late because they can't erase all the mistakes that they did back in their 20s because they didn't know this thing because they got, they're finally comfortable enough to be themselves. And that's another thing. I don't feel like men are allowed to be themselves, like actually who they are. Like if they indulge in anything type of like what they deem feminine, they're embarrassed by it. And it's like, what's so embarrassing about liking things that women like or uh, what is so embarrassing for women to like things that men like? Like we like to build cars too. Well, some of us do. You know, not every woman is, growing up to be a makeup artist or to be a nurse. Some women want to be surgeons because they like the nitty gritty down and dirty shit. You know, not every woman wants to become a teacher. They want to become, you know, world-renowned chefs because they like to get dirty and gritty too. Or um, I think even growing up, I perpetuated this idea of toxic masculinity too because um, when I was growing up, I thought men shouldn't be nurses. Like, I'm like, that's a girl thing to do, you know? Or for a long time, I thought men shouldn't wear pink because I'm like, that is such a girly color. Why would they wear it? But now I'm like, oh, shit, a lot of men look good in pink, you know? It's a really nice color. Like, colors doesn't have genders. Careers don't have genders and stuff. Like, we literally put this on, on people, you know? You know, men are the ones who, um, who drive NASCAR. Women can't drive a NASCAR. Are you crazy? That, that would fucking blow up the whole fucking system. When Doctor Who, and I have to mention this, when Doctor Who finally changed his doctor from a man to a woman, the fucking nerd brigade was fucking up in arms. How dare they? This is not a show for women. Women don't like sci-fi. Bro, what? I fucking that, love sci-fi. But you know, it's funny. It's, it's when the main character, Doctor Who, ch- um, changed. the doc changed. When the doctor changed. Yeah. But no one said shit with Missy. When Missy was previously the the master, yeah, the master, and then there was a gender change when he when that when they changed. No, but that shit because she was the, she was the villain. No, I'm saying yeah because it was the villain. No one said shit. But when it happens to the lead, when the lead became the woman, the hero, the hero, mm-hmm. it was all hell broke loose. Because women can't be heroes. Women can't save the day. Women are too emotional to save the day. But I don't know about anybody else, but all I'm saying is that all these world wars were not started by women. <laughs> you got a point there. Because I feel like men get aggressive. It's like, oh, they broke my crayon. You know what? I'm shooting him. You know, it, there's no, like, gradual thing. It's either you're zero or 100. And that's another thing that's toxic about you guys. It's zero or 100. Either you're calm about it and you... You're like, whatever, and you let it go, and you let it be, and it's like, whatever, you don't process it, or you're 100, you're so fucking angry, you want to blow everything up in, in your path. And it's kind of like, what was the in-between? Like, 
where was this gradualness? Like, was it that serious? Oh, because she broke my crayon. So you beat her to death? Like, I don't, how does that even, like? That's one of those places where earlier on I said we've been deprived of so many great things because people have just said that women can't do this or men can't do that. I, I, I can only imagine how things would be different if there were more women as world leaders and how much more different our world would be today. Because we're so, generally we're, we're softer beings, honestly. Let, let's be real. Like Even though a lot of women can be tough, at the end of the day, we still have that nurturing type. So we're not going to go from, okay, this happened. We're going straight to war. We're going to think about it. How can we combat this? Can we change this? How can we talk to, can we talk this out first? And then it's like when we exhausted all our options, when nothing has absolutely worked, then it's kind of like, all right, let's build shit up. You know, <laughs> like yeah. we get to the blow up part. We just go through many steps before we get to the blow up part. You guys go from zero. This happened. My crayon broke. Okay. Blowing shit up. And it's like, so what was the middle part? Like at any point did you stop and think that maybe this was not a good idea? And I wouldn't even just say that that's necessarily just a generalization. I mean, um, you know, history has proved it to us. I can, I personally can't think of a situation where, a, can you think of a, a situation where a woman was leading a country and has just been known as just being a warmonger who just took things to 10? It just, no, I can't even I think. mean, sure it exists, but I mean. It's rare. Maybe Queen Elizabeth. Rare. I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Even the um, the president of New Zealand, I heard when this whole COVID thing happened, she took very drastic measures to make sure that it did not spread. And you know how many deaths they had? Less than 100. You know how many um, positive cases they had? Less than 500. Why? Because she took precautions to lock down the whole fucking country. She goes, no one goes in, no one goes out. Everything's shut down. We're not paying rent. No one's paying for anything. No one's going back to work until this shit is covered. They haven't had any new cases. But here we are in in the lovely United States, the land of the free, the home of the brave. New York alone has the most fucking cases. Like, come on. But let's move on because I'm pretty sure we hit the hour mark now and I don't want to give you a two-hour episode because then, then you know y'all going to be sitting here for two fucking hours and I don't know how you're going to feel about that. So, so Dee, um, uh, question for you. Yes. How have you personally experienced toxic masculinity? Like, or have seen it in other people? No, no. There's three questions now, Rosie. Thank you. Seen it, felt it, and done it yourself. Mm. Uh, well, I see it all the time. As a person who works in uh, healthcare, I mean, like uh, Abby said earlier, I mean, there's plenty of people who are taken aback when they find out that there is a such thing as male nurses that are prevalent and they're doing quite well for themselves and yeah, I feel like a lot of folks just feel like that just doesn't exist. They're just men in healthcare altogether. Like if you're not a doctor, you're not in a, a man's profession when it comes to healthcare. So that that I see on a regular basis. There are lots of men who are nurses and techs and things of that nature and they enjoy what they do and they're good at what they do. But you know, society tells them you shouldn't do this because that's not what we do. Right. Um, okay, seen it. Uh, what was the other? Felt it. Felt it, so Felt experienced it. it, someone doing it to you. Like you was into something and they told you you shouldn't be, like for example. And then the last one would be 
a time where you've done it yourself, like you've been toxic? Felt it. Huh. <laughs> you know, I need the other one for last. <laughs> I'm going to get closer because you mentioned this earlier. Do you have any idea of the strange things that I would do right now for a pedicure? <laughs> like, this, this, this pandemic is really really putting a, a damper on my on my whole regimen and that's one of those things that people have traditionally told men what are you doing in the nail nail parlor you don't belong here yes i do and i would be there if it weren't for this but that's that's not that's not something that is going to stop me because i've made it my business as i've grown older and became an an, an old person I, I I go out of my way to make sure that I'm breaking these stereotypes, these uh, toxic traits, these things that people tell me that I shouldn't do, not because I'm not qualified or because I'm, I, I don't fit the boxes, but just because I'm a man or I think like a man. I, I make it my business to do these things because I probably haven't been doing these things and I feel like that's something that I need to experience before I check out of here. Because I wouldn't want to say that I deprived myself of something that would have brought me great joy just because someone said that I'm a man and I shouldn't. As for um, what I've done. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you've done something. You was in your 20s. I won't. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going to say that I haven't. I mean, obviously, it's just, you know, thinking of an example because I've been trying to walk the walk for so long. I got to dig back to when I was a dirtball. But... Um, just for ignorance and not really knowing the thing, I I did used to. I, I I didn't really understand homosexuality when I was in my younger years. I wouldn't say that I was so toxic, quote unquote, but I didn't understand, and it took me to actually get gay friends to to have them to educate me and i feel like a large part of toxic masculinity being as prevalent as it is is just education i mean you wouldn't you probably wouldn't perpetuate it so much if someone gave you a different worldview like if someone told you no nah, actually that's not really the way it is if someone told you a different viewpoint who's to say that you would just continue following what you've been told but it like i said it took for me to get gay friends or get lesbian friends or things of that nature to educate me and to understand, you know, what it is that they're going through, what it is that they live with and what I can do to be a better ally. And I've done that over the years just because that's what you do when you're a decent person. You know, you, 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 you ride for your friends. You know, if you see that they're being mistreated in in the physical or online or things of that nature you jump in and you say uh well actually no that's that's not the way that this is and i need for you to you know adjust yourself because that's not good all right um i think that there's so much within like this topic of conversation because there's like so much more i feel like we didn't even cover right honestly <laughs> we can cover the parts when we've been like toxic to our men ourselves because we are like we there's women out there who would think all right i'm going on a date the men has to pay like i mean i have those moments as well i'm like yeah you have to pay like at least the first two times and then we could go have these because 
my time is precious. And if you're going to waste my time and just ghost me the next time around, I'm going to waste my money. I'm sorry. Like, I, that's, I, that's, I, that's actually interesting because I always go halvesies on the first date. Or I offer to. I, I at least offer to. And then that's if the guy says, yeah. I'm not offering shit the first time. <laughs> And it's only because it comes from a place of, like, hurt and, like, knowing that a lot of men ain't shit these days. You know what I mean? It's not on some, like, I wouldn't pay. I would pay. I would most 100% pay the whole fucking bill. You don't have Your to tell me is precious. twice. Right. But I had it. I actually had a, 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 a thought this week about something that I realized this completely perpetuates the toxic masculinity trope. Because someone, this dude I was talking to, Explain me his whole- <laughs> He's a loser, but go ahead. <laughs> you know what? I did not, in my short time of knowing him, did not tell him about this podcast, so... Thank God. Yeah, so I could talk as much shit. I'm not going to, though. He's actually genuinely a nice guy. But um, he was telling me about his eyebrow routine. Like, everything he does, all his tools he uses for his eyebrows... And the first thing that crossed my mind was me. I, I started questioning his sexuality. Oh shit! Yeah. And then I was like, I was like, what? I, I mean, I never said it out loud to him because that's not something you say. I caught myself. Was it like inherent? Like you're not necessarily like you. You just felt it. Like immediately, you said, "Okay, there's maybe something with the sexuality here." It's, it wasn't so overt. It was just there. So- it was just there, yeah. It wasn't, like, ne- negative. It wasn't positive. It was just, like, huh, I wonder if he... You know yeah. what that happens, right? I read something one day that says something. Um, you go through, I think, three processes of thoughts. The first thought, your initial, your very first thought is what you were taught. So, basically, society. What they told you was wrong or whatever the case may be. Your second thought is your actual thoughts. Like, when you sit there and think about it, it's like, all right, I don't really think this. I don't think he's gay. It, it was a moment. Mm-hmm. So that's what they say, that your first thought is usually um, what society tells you. It's usually not what you really feel or what you really think. So it doesn't really say the type of person you are or what you believe. It's just more so what's so innate, innate in us that it kind of comes to the surface. Like, there's moments when I felt the same thing. Like, ew, he's getting his... Like, why is he wearing that? Like, that's mad gay. It's not me. It's literally just, like, what society has told us about men or women or sexuality or whatever the case may be. It's your first thought because it's something you've learned over the years or something that society has taught you in general. Your second thought is usually your actual thought and what you actually feel. So, just to let you know that it wasn't really your fault. This is something that just comes up. Yeah, and I knew it wasn't, like, anything really harmful, especially because I didn't linger on it. it I didn't feel anything negative towards it I was just like oh okay and then like just it was literally like quick like that my thought process changed it wasn't even a second mm-hmm. um but that is definitely perpetrate if, if if I if I did say it out loud if I did continue to believe it and focus on that huge toxic masculinity problem right there perpetrated by a woman I agree yeah, it's like what you do with that first thought is what makes you yeah like if you just go with what society told you you know and never even think about what you really think about it yourself then yeah that that ends up being what type of person you are right um i guess to wrap up the topic and then we'll move on to our wine drunk and our closing remarks from a man two pieces of advice one the first one um 
how can you help other men who are trying to do better, become better men in general, to like, stop the toxicity? And the second thing is to women. What can we do as women to not also perpetuate those toxic masculinity um, thoughts and shit? Because <laughs> I didn't know where my sentence was going, but you understood me. <laughs> right. Uh, honestly, in, in both cases, I can give it a twofer. Um, I, I listen to each other because um, in terms of men, uh, men need to listen to themselves and stop listening to what people who have just told them what is stop and think about is this what I really feel or is this what someone just told me what is you know and also men would need to listen to women that's most important right no sorry <laughs> no 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 honestly honestly that, that, that's because we know you should feel that way listen to women because you're not going to understand them you're not going to get further with them unless you understand what they're going through and what they you know how they perceive you and how you know they feel around you because that's what I was telling you a long time ago not a long time ago not too long ago but um <laughs> what is it if um women want to feel safe around you and how do you know that they feel safe unless you ask you know so it's one of those things you you, you kind of just have to listen to each other and as for women the same same difference because you you need to listen to what your man is feeling because a lot of times with a man it's not going he's not going to directly tell you that like men about their feelings you know they, they clam up they shut up because society has told them your feelings are something that you bury deep deep down inside yourself only to blow it up at the most inopportune time later You'll, you want to listen to the cues within the cues because men are telling you what they're feeling, just giving you little sprinkles here and there. My thing is that we're not going to know because just like men don't, just like they tell us women, don't, we're not mind readers, we're not going to know what you're feeling. It's the same with mm -hmm. we say. But I'm not going to know if you're unhappy or I'm not going to know what you're going through if you're only giving me bits and pieces here and there. Like, I'm not a fucking, I'm fucking slow sometimes. I'm not going to lie. Rosie knows. Like, I'd be like, what? Like, if you don't tell me straight up, like, yo, babe, or yo, um, I had a rough day at work. I'm feeling like shit. I feel worthless. If you're not giving me explicit details and you just tell me, oh, I just had a bad day and you just went all about it and I'm asking you, you're still ignoring me or you're like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Then it's kind of like, we're not going to move forward because you're not really telling me anything. You're expecting me to just know or expecting me to pick up on these cues. I'm not. And if you're not speaking, that's another issue too. And I think that's a lot of part of what makes toxic masculinity what it is. It's like, you guys don't talk. You don't yeah. express yourselves. You're so like closed up in a fucking bubble and expect everybody to know this stuff. And you want us to be your peace. I'm gonna need you to start fucking speaking and telling us, yo, I need this, or I'm not okay, or I need your support, or I need help. Like, if you don't say these things, we're gonna be like, well, he's good. Dialogue over everything. Like, we need to speak to each other to where we can understand each other more than anything and yeah um, i agree with the whole listening to a woman not because we're women but because we've been on the receiving end of the toxic masculinity for the most part and i, mm -hmm. I know rosie will agree we've been on that receiving end if we're telling you something it's not because we're telling you for shits and giggles we're telling you because we don't feel good you're making me uncomfortable because you're too close to me if i'm telling you that it doesn't mean get closer if i'm right. telling you no it's not 
keep trying. It's because no, I don't want to right now. Or no, because no is no. Because no is a complete sentence, by the way. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and I think that's like the big thing. Like a lot of women, especially women these days, because we, we're learning both sides of this, especially women who are elevating, the women who are trying to get better. We're learning both sides of this. How we're toxic and how they're toxic. If we're telling you, it's not because we're just telling you for shits and giggles and because we're women and we're right. No, we're telling you because we know, because we've saw, seen it happen to us, seen it to happen to women near us or seen it around us. Like our number one thing is always like step in for us. Like, one thing I can say about men, and maybe this is toxic to me not, I can't say that you guys at the end of the day, because the world does revolve around men, because they say it's a man's world, the least you can do is protect us in situations where we cannot protect ourselves. Just protect us in general, and you'll see that things will get a lot better because we'll start being more trusting, we'll be more open to stuff like that. If you see something's happening at a frat party, let's say, and you see that your boys are taking a girl into a room or some shit, it's up to you to stop that whole instance, you know what I mean? If you're there, I'm not saying because something's happening, you're not there, you don't know, you can't, you can't stop something from happening if you're not there, obviously. That's just fucking right. nonsense, you know? Um, but if you are there and you see it, the least you can do is step in. And the more you listen to women who have been through these things, the easier it becomes for you to step in and make these changes to these toxic situations because you know what needs to be done and all it takes now is for you to act on it. Rosie, any last remarks? I have nothing else to add, actually. I mean, I feel like as women, we'll do better. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, definitely. We've, I, I'm, I'm probably one of the biggest perpetrators of toxic masculinity ideals because of my first initial thought, how I grew up, um, which is also very ironic, give, given that you know um, my parents. So <laughs> it's one of those things, again, where it's like, her mom's powerhouse of the family. <laughs> it's like one of those, yeah, it's one of those things where I didn't grow up in stereotypicals, but somehow I ended up with those ideas based off my schooling. So it's, it's your outside influences. Sometimes it's not even your family. Sometimes it is like outside. Like I thought growing up gay, being gay was wrong. Why? Because of what, I, it's not like my family ever told me that. It was more so being in school and being hearing other people say shit like that. You know, it wasn't necessarily a thing. And then now it's just like, oh, two men are kissing. Congratulations. You're getting more than I am. Fuck you. <laughs> it's more <laughs> that than it is like you're gay. Oh my God. You know, and it's, it becomes such a number thing. I guess, I don't know. Um, I know everyone just hit us up. Any moments that you felt like this, anything that you felt is wrong or whatever in this episode, we'll let, we'll let this go. But our last segment of the thing, for we can wrap up quickly because I think we're like at the hour and a half mark. <laughs> oh my God. So it's the wine drunk. It's basically funny stories that happen to uh, me and Abby or our guests um, that they just want to share. Um, I do have a wine drunk, uh, wine drunk. But D, do you have any funny stories? That Nothing you might funny want? happens to me. It's all tragedy. <laughs> 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 no, I'm kidding. But no, nah, I've got nothing. <laughs> I think that this, I'm telling the story because it relates to the intuition and bougie booze. Um, I do think I've said this before. So I was just going to say in one sentence, I got into, I had very strong feelings. I've never had strong feelings for a person before, but my gut was like, stay away from this person. It is ghetto. (laughs) I did, I did not. Um, like this person from the first minute that I met him, stayed away from him, got into a fight with him. The night I met him. Is this the same dude? And then I found out later that evening after I separated from him. Because I was with a group. First off, I was with a group of people. So I was never alone with this guy. I would not let myself be alone with this guy. 
I remember this, yeah. Found, found out after the fact um, that he allegedly was kicked out of school for raping a girl. Yes. Our intuition, and I feel like, as, as much as we joke, I feel like women's intuition is strong as fuck. Like, my intuition's usually oh. pretty bad, but that was, like, the one time that it was really like, no. Absolutely no. I've never had such a visceral reaction to a person before. Rosie, like, my intuition is so bad. Like, I could see somebody, like, write something online about something, and if, like, situations, like, add up, I'm like, are they talking about a person? And I'll just know. And then they'll be like, how did you know? My intuition is me. Your intuition is just crazy. Oh. Yes, no, no, it is. (laughs) We've we've established this on the call yesterday, what we had. Fucking crazy. I am now decided that anytime I decide to go on dating apps, I'm going to run the people by you first. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy because I have such a bad intuition when it comes to men. I'd be just trying. I'm like, all right, maybe they're this person. They tell me something else. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes they're just so good at hiding shit. That's true, too. Some men Look are- at the last 24 hours. <laughs> well, you guys, I hope you enjoyed our Toxic Masculinity episode, which it was kind of the opposite of what we did last week. Um, I'm probably going to name the fucking episode the same thing. This man is toxic because it just makes sense. Um, thank you to our guests for, you know, taking time out of his day and his busy-ass fucking schedule to come meet with us because, again, we don't know that many dudes who are smart. Um, <laughs> yeah, they have a lot of growing to do. The men a lot that we know, right, Rosie? We know, but yeah. um, no offense to any dude out there who are growing. I hope so. And I think I'm gonna leave this episode off not only with our, our social media and stuff like that, but men, please seek help. Therapy. There's nothing wrong with going to therapy or seeking out other men friendships to have to be open with and stuff. It doesn't always have to be the nitty gritty shit of like, yo, I had sex last night or yo, I'm into this chick or something. It doesn't always have to be that. Sometimes it could be straight up like, yo, I'm feeling sad as fuck. I need a hug and things like that. And I applaud the men out there who are like this. Hug your fucking boys, bro. There is nothing wrong with a goddamn hug. We all need that human touch. It always, it doesn't always have to come from the opposite sex. If women can hug each other and it's not gay, I'm pretty sure that y'all could be in the same room butt ass naked and not give a fuck, honestly, because we do it all the time. I don't see the difference between men and women. And I do want to leave off with two resources. Psychology Today is one place to find um, therapists who are either of your same ethnicity or what you're looking for, as well as therapy for Black boys, because I feel like in the Black and Hispanic community and the people of color community in general, we have the most stigma when it comes to therapy and stuff like that. Um, We tend to not do it because either there's fear or, you know, we were brought up being told that you're, nothing's wrong with you, you're crazy. I've heard that. Um, so yeah, so I just want to leave up with those two resources and I'll put them in the description of the episode for people to go online and check. It's okay, dudes, even coming from a woman and even coming from another dude, it's okay to go seek out therapy if you cannot confide in the friends around you. And if you can't get better friends. And, and just one thing for, to, to the women who listen to us, hold yourself accountable. If you're contributing to toxic masculinity, hold your friends accountable, um, we're dealing with enough with enough of our own shit. We don't need to be piling on to other people. Um, because of women, men do this whole fucking toxic shit too. Because women tell them, "Oh, you're the man. Why are you crying?" So, so yeah, just hold, hold yourself accountable. And to the men who are perpetuating that toxic business, if I see you around me doing it, I will check you. You deserve it, and you should do better for yourself. That is all. <laughs> All right, so if you guys want to reach out to us, as always, our email is wantalittlepot at gmail.com. 
And our Instagram is Wine a Little Pod. Um, I don't know. Do you want to give out your socials? I don't know. Are we hey, always- go for it. Go for it. Why not? <laughs> hey, I'll plug mine. I don't care. You, yeah, you can reach me at Instagram, at Instagram. I might add you if you're not a creep. Okay. So that's D, that's in D-E-E. D, right? Yeah. So Graham, I don't even know how to spell that shit, but find him somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> He's I'll tag him in the thing. Well, yeah, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.